All right. So we we decided it's not it's not too slutty. I don't need to button up. <laughs> you always need a button up, Thomas. Welcome back. It is that time once again. Half past goon. I'm Stephen Venata, and I'm here with my two beautiful, very devious and slutty co-hosts, Thomas Murdoch. That's me. And Joey Piccarello. Slutty. I'm feeling very uh, tr- tame and traditional right now. <laughs> you yeah. may be, but, but Thomas is over here. And he's I'm always feeling slutty. You, you look like you're ready to go out tonight, Thomas. What can I say? You could say Maybe that you're going to cover up so that I don't have to okay. worry all night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'll be home by 10. You know, this is just another one of our, our disagreements. And mm. luckily, I want to share this with the viewers. We, we have a very, a very thought out system for when we have disagreements here. You know, there's a lot of times where we have two opposing views and, and two opposing rulings. And what we find best is to send it directly to the Supreme Court. Yep, Supreme Court knows what they're doing. Yeah. I have no reason to doubt them. Especially between very personal issues with the goons on this pod. And they always get back to you right, right away. And they always have amazing... They right to the Supreme Court. They always send it right back, though. So, <laughs> right. You know how it doesn't even take them <laughs> a couple months. And I always faithfully believe in their decision-making. And yeah. I never second-guess any of their, you know, beliefs or influences. Yeah. Well, they're um, the only people that know how to read the Constitution, so... True. I couldn't. You know. If I read it, what do I know? I, it's like a different language, I think. It is. The founders just their their white male knowledge base just it, it overlaps. It just it makes mine seem like nothing. <laughs> we select Supreme Court justices like we select the Dalai Lama if they can <laughs> interpret the text. <laughs> <laughs> then they're allowed to be the justice. So it seems like we are not the only people with this system. United States of America has also <laughs> got into a silly little predicament where there's two opposing judges right now ruling on the abortion pill. A very easy to use two pill regimen that makes abortion very easy, safe, and effective for people that are are early in their abortion pregnancy yeah <laughs> fine thomas <laughs> um and we talked about this a bit in a prior podcast about how this this ruling was coming up um oh, yeah. and it, it came out the judge decided that mifepristone should not be available you know right. this it, it's astounding in Texas, I think. The Texas judge, his name is Kaxmerick. Kaxmerick. Fuck that guy. He's a loser. He's a loser. With a name like that? <laughs> Mifepristone, the FDA, 23 years ago, when they were approving whether this drug was safe or not, they just didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and, and actually, he knows better. And it's not safe. And this is a pill that over half of the abortions in America... Are you done using this pill? So this is not this isn't like a a little tiny pill. This is the big one. Yeah. Luckily, 
you know, Batman was waiting in the shadows. Um, mm. And we actually were able to deduct from this reasoning that Batman is actually a federal judge in Washington state who <laughs> released <Right>. a contradiction, <laughs> uh, contradicting ruling just hours after this happened. Swift justice. Yeah. Swift justice as Batman always <laughs> delivers, um, stating <laughs> that it, it can't be taken away in certain states where democratic, uh, democratic attorney generals sued to have it stay. Right. So we have these two opposing rulings, one Texas judge saying that it cannot or that it has to be removed in seven days since the ruling and a Washington state judge saying, fuck you, you Republican piece of shit. Yeah, it's stay. He wanted to chime in. I think it's also important that they're not they're not rulings. These are just like preliminary injections i think is what they called them yeah so it's before the case is heard and you know ruled on and everything they're just the judges are just saying what they are going to do basically yeah well i think in the case of the um i think both of the rulings stand like in seven days the mifepristone drug would have to be removed if there wasn't a rebuttal. Um, but there's there's room for other rulings and changes mm-hmm. to come later in these cases, right? So the initial Texas uh, case, it's not only ro- ruling on mifepristone, which is the first of two drugs in the abortion regimen. Uh, it's ruling on the second one too. Like they have this ruling and they want to get rid of easy medical abortion um, nationwide. Right. Yeah. So, it's it's a ruling that is troubling because it's another example of judicial overreach in America. We have we had four years of a Trump administration where they focused on basically nothing but churning out these uber right wing judges. And now we see the repercussions of that. You see not only on the Supreme Court with the, the Roe v. Wade ruling, but or the Dobbs ruling. But um now we're seeing uh, the most Trumpy judge in America is this judge in Texas. He's had a mm-hmm. reputation for it. Number and, one Trumpy um, judge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one MAGA judge, or whatever you want to call them. Um, they now ruled on this drug, and it's sort of uh, the first case that has challenged uh, the FDA's regulatory powers, and that's troubling because there's other medications that uh, the right wing has sort of threatened for a while, like um, birth control or like um, drugs that help prevent um, people from getting HIV and whatnot. And those drugs are now in limbo, basically, uh, because anybody can bring a case against those drugs now. And and as long as it gets to this circuit court judge, uh, they can overrule it. Yeah, this is this is never seen before. This is the first time a judge has acted that an approved drug by the FDA it went through regulatory processes. Years. Yeah, twenty three years. It has basically no extremely harmful harmful side effects in basically no cases where patients are injured. This judge comes in and says it has to be removed from the market. That has never been seen before. That is the first time ever. 
That is I happy. think this the drug is also it, it's it has to undergo a, a a little bit more scrutiny to get passed back when it was getting passed because the anti-abortion people were still around back then and they didn't want this pill to get passed. So it's it's not only that it's it was deemed safe, but it was deemed like extra super safe <laughs> in order to get past. It's literally, it's literally safer than Tylenol. Like yeah. this drug is like actually safer than Tylenol, which is crazy to think about because people take Tylenol every day, basically. And I get an abortion every day. It Just does to prove do a point to these Republicans. <laughs> um, it's it's so harmful to see. A highlight these past couple months is just how these judges, from Supreme Court judges to just now, literally local judges. This is a local judge. It's the only judge in the area, right? So they went to this county that only has this one judge, and they handed this case to him. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the judge a little bit. He's kind of like a, a nutcase. Like, he's super conservative super you know he was part of a, a christian legal organization whatever that <laughs> <means>. <laughs> um he repeatedly when he was talking about the case he was talking uh the uh, the medication he didn't refer to it as mifepristone he was talking about it as the the abortion pill or the chemical abortion and uh he was telling the people that received these abortions abortionists which is a new time i've never heard that one before <laughs> um and then you know what obviously the fetus isn't is an unborn human or unborn child or something something you know it's it's just the way he's talking about it i mean you are, you can already tell like he does not want this pill to be a thing he's he's very angry at it no extremely biased coming out from this judge i mean uh, you know it it uh, there is on the republican side a lot of belief in these terms that he was saying, chemical abortion, unborn mm. human, right? These really harmful, really, really sharp terms, right? Where if you're yeah. talking to someone about it, you know, who's not well-versed in the topic, it, it makes it sound like a, like this horrible thing that's happening. And, right. and you hand this guy the case. What do you think is going to happen, right? <laughs> Even if this ruling is absolutely bullshit and has no standing and basis, this judge was going to make it anyway, this outcome. Right. And this is, I mean, this is a, I mean, we can talk about how abortion is, you know, people support abortion in America generally, but even those people that think there should be like a time limit, this is the pill that you, that they take to get the abortion right away. Like this is the, this is a lot of Americans would support the use of this pill and, and he's allowed to just go in there, swoop in, and say, actually, FDA doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm sorry. I do. God told me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of crazy that we have, to, we have to hear news about this random-ass judge in Texas and how it's actually affecting like, people's it really, lives. It really is. It really is crazy. God. Um, there is a lot of different directions to go from here, though. Right? So there is that opposing case in Washington. Right. That's saying it can't be removed, um, which sets it up to be brought to a further uh, judicial review in another court and most likely the Supreme Court, if I'm not incorrect here. Right. In like eight years, whenever they get around to it. <laughs> they might fast track it because it seems like they, they probably have a, would fast track it. Yeah, they have a, a certain view towards this kind of issue. 
Um, but you can also not take it and just keep the Texas ruling if they feel like they don't want to get their sticky fingers all over it. I mm. doubt. I doubt when it's appealed though, before it gets to the Supreme Court, it, it's gonna. I cannot see this standing, especially from some things I heard about this case, listening to to other sources that I don't have listed here. But it seems like this judge based his reasoning off incredibly astounding sources like like single handed sources from singular people yeah probably not peer-reviewed at all it's just like (laughs) random stuff like it doesn't matter though he's still like a judge but i think what some of the some of the repercussion or some of the reactions obviously the the opposing case was was uh issued an hour later I don't know if it's like a first come first serve type of thing. <laughs> so if you get your ruling in first, that one counts. But I think the FDA, the FDA could just just pretend, pretend it didn't happen and and ignore it, say it's baseless, mm-hmm. which could be fun. <laughs> it can because um the FDA does have a little wiggle room here, right? Mm-hmm. It has the authority to decide if it if it doesn't want to enforce a regulation, right? right. Um or prohibit. Uh, or prohibit a, a drug. It could say it has a couple excuses, right? It can consider the drug to be safe and effective, as it does with this abortion drug, uh, and it could issue a, a statement saying it has decided not to enforce the ruling, right? So honestly, I would love to see that. If action isn't made to stop this from taking effect in the states that the Washington judge said it couldn't, I would adore to see the FDA do this, especially yeah. in terms of just standing. This is the entire FDA organization against one local Texas judge. Right, just whipping their dick out and putting it on the <laughs> table. <laughs> um, they could also argue that, you know, if it wants to take a, a different route and not whip its dick out, if it wants to just kind of lightly slap in the face, um, they could say they don't have the resources to try and mm. stop the drug from reaching patients. Right, which is a, another way out. I want to see him slap it on the table, compare sizes with the Texas judge, and then go about their day. So, yeah, there was a secretary in the Biden administration that also sort of suggested that it's on the table, that they could just ignore, that the executive branch could just ignore uh, rulings from the judicial branch. Uh, and then there's another secretary that said that, oh, we probably won't do that. <laughs> but they're sort of keeping their cards close to their chest as to what their their plan of action is going to be in case this case sort of gets appealed to the um, Supreme Court and mm-hmm. gets, if there's if the 6-3 conservative majority decides that they want to mm-hmm. continue to keep to have this, uh, this pill banned, then... Um, the, they could just ignore it. It would be one of the first times in like more than a hundred years that uh, a president and the executive branch has decided to overrule the judicial branch and um, and ignore a ruling. But you know what? We have a system of checks and balances, yeah. and if the judicial branch overreaches, I don't think it's too unrealistic or too like extreme for the executive branch to be like, "Listen, the fuck off," basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. who's gonna enforce this not it's not gonna be me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as much as i want to see that i have heard opposite views from democrats that while they agree that it that it is a an option 
it has some bad optics attached to it because it, it then shifts the conversation from it being an abortion issue right. to an enforcement issue, right? A, a yeah. legal issue. Executive branch overreach, which is which is a big topic for Republicans, but they don't want to talk about judicial branch overreach. Like there's a lot of different branches. All of them yeah. can overreach. Like we, we kind of have this in our court right now, right? Like Republicans are once again making a stupid ass decision about abortion that the majority of the country doesn't right. want. Right? Very unpopular. I think it'd be, it could be a bad move to, at least for the executive branch, for Biden and his administration to come out and say, we're going to ignore it. Yeah. Well, Possibly. it just gives the debate lords a, an avenue to <laughs> yeah. get away from the fact yeah. that, it, that it's about a pill instead of about like the, the executive branch taking control of the country by force or something. It, I don't know. It gives Fox News a good two weeks worth of, worth of talking mm -hmm. points. Absolutely. I think there's the optics of it, and there's also, like, the realistic, like, mm -hmm. human element of it, where, yeah. like, there's going to be thousands of women who are in yeah. serious medical need of an abortion, are in states where it, they're, they're continuing to make this pill illegal, and the entire, like, the, 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 the clinical side of abortions just completely illegal and they can't they don't have the resources to go to a different state and they're just yeah, gonna the, be fucked basically right, that's the, and the, the, i think the biden administration pretty much has an obligation I, in my opinion they have an obligation to ignore this ruling if it gets to the supreme court and uh because it's just ridiculous like how much really? how many federalist society like these like pro-life judges are on the courts it's not going to get any better for them these these are young justices too they're going to stay on their in their seats for so long it's it's going to get to a point where the, the judicial branch just needs to be taught a lesson basically yeah and i mean we can talk about how many people already since the dobbs case was released have not been able to get an abortion. It was, it's, I think the number was about 66 and a half thousand people unable to get an abortion. About half, 35,000 of those people seemed to travel to obtain one, but the rest of those people just didn't, they just didn't get one or they, they had taken other, another option. Those numbers are but astounding. It's crazy. 31,000 yeah. people were unable, have already been restricted access to a an abortion because they live in some random state and they can't afford to get out of it and another thirty thousand having to take who god knows how far they have to travel right right to get this how much money they have to spend especially people with that already have children think about right. being a single mother that unfortunately falls into pregnancy while you already are tight on your budget raising children and now you have to travel 10 plus hours they get an abortion. Sometimes they can take, it takes two treatments too. So you have to go twice. You have to take off work two separate times, leave your kids at home or with somebody. And you have to travel what, like 13, 14 hours. I mean, some of these states are big, like <laughs> these states, like in the South, they're big states. No, they absolutely are. We have seen from women's health organization, statistics come out saying that clinics that perform abortions that would typically see about 70 patients per month are seeing closer to 70 per week now. And especially those abortion clinics like on the border of a state that's close to a state that doesn't have one or that, that, that has already banned it. 
those those clinics are getting overloaded with people they can't they can't give the procedure to everybody and it's it's making it's causing people to have to wait longer and even wait sometimes into their second trimester which is a much more dangerous risky procedure than than it would be if they were able to get it quick and easy and go about their life yeah so while the the dobbs decision it has seen a decrease in abortions nationwide right so it's it they've achieved their goal there that has their been goal. they did it i guess i guess there has been 5000 fewer abortions on average monthly in the months uh preceding the decision compared to before right but what that is is causing for the people who who are going to go get an abortion right they're going to travel to another state it is causing as you said thomas there are these these just lines of states that all don't allow abortion so you have people traveling multiple states to finally get to one where it's still legal and they all border each other too which is uh, which is stupid it is you could have three or four states in a row that you would have to cross before getting to another one and that's what they want they want to make it so that it is virtually impossible for someone to get an abortion right and of course there's organizations that are trying to help pay for travel arrange arra arrange travel arrangements for these women that can't get it on the, get get an abortion like through their own means but it's just i mean you can't keep up at, at a certain point no no um and there's there's a lot this is, it's really a shifting scene here in america now because you have these states right that are bordering closed abortion states where clinics are popping up right getting overwhelmed immediately and, and it's really no one knows what is going to happen. Absolutely no one knows. It, I was reading an article interviewing an owner of the abortion clinic, a doctor who who is, is set on having their abortion clinic and, and reopening it to whatever state they need to, right? And there is just so many individual hurdles to jump over, right? And so much just unknown. Are we going to be able to stay open in this state? right? Like, are people going to be able to reach us? Is it economical? It's, it's, Republicans have set out to make it, first and foremost, illegal to get an abortion, and, right. and second, hard as hell, if they're, if, if they are gonna. Right. And it's, it's, there's, I mean, you might, they might pass a law in a couple, I mean, in a couple months where they say that giving an abortion to somebody from your state is illegal, so you got to you got to worry about is it going to be a crime soon to give these people an abortion yeah. that come to travel like how are, how do you know where they're from that type of stuff it's it's uh it's very scary and it and it just makes everybody's like life less safe it makes everything less safe makes everybody you know it's it's just it does, there's no benefit unless you know unless you don't want abortions to happen then i guess they're doing that but it's, fuck it's, that. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that shit. Um, There's an epidemic of religious fundamentalists that are occupying our courts, district courts, circuit courts, appeals courts. 
And it's all thanks to Mitch McConnell, basically. <laughs> so everybody think Mitch McConnell. Um, in the wake of all this, we have seen organizations step up, individual people step up. Um, for example, there is organizations that, you know, give expenses, travel expenses to people looking to get an abortion, right? Right. So in the wake of all this, we have seen resounding um, just hope in a way, despite people all this negative. Trying. Right. It's good to see. But it, it just makes you think like, why do they have to, you know, why, why does why is that something that they have to do? Why can't, you know, it just be considered healthcare and why can't we just, you know, go, go get it. No, it can't be that simple. No. Uh, we had that for like 50 years, Thomas, please. <laughs> um, but this opens up to a much broader national debate that, you know, us goons, we're thinking, it's going to be pretty spicy for the 2024 yeah, we, we like election. Think, we like to think big picture. <laughs> <laughs> you get it because we're in picture frames? Oh. Uh, <laughs> so give me a rundown, Joe. What, what are we seeing here on a, on a larger scale, election-wise? So we're seeing a couple different things. We're seeing that... Uh, well, we're seeing the same thing over and over again, first and foremost, in at least the Midwest, where where um, presidential elections are generally won and lost, um, which is that in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Minnesota, and now more recently, Wisconsin, um, governors and a Supreme Court justice who ran on upholding abortion rights for women have overwhelmingly won in their states. Uh you have Tim Waltz in Minnesota who won overwhelmingly. You have Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan who won resoundingly in a battleground state. She won by 10 points. Uh, Janet Protasiewicz, the Supreme Court Justice of Wisconsin, won by 11 points. Um, Josh Shapiro in, in uh, Pennsylvania won by a, a bajillion points. Um, but um, we're seeing this trend that... Um, there's there's a there's a there's a strand of extremism that people are disliking about the Republican Party, and it stems from this Dobbs ruling. People are it's people are calling it the Dobbs effect, uh, the idea that um, the Dobbs ruling has sort of trickled down to Republicans and has made them almost borderline unelectable and to uh, the 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 moderate voter. Um, as well as that, you have people like Lindsey Graham, who are who believes that in order to moderate on abortion, they should propose a 15-week ban, which people still find uh, unpopular. And um, Ron DeSantis wants a six-week ban in Florida, and he's planning on running for president, and we know that. So yeah. uh, between six-week ban and 15-week ban, people just want their abortions. Yeah. They don't want to be restricted in their, in their access of abortions. A six-week ban is practically banning it. Yeah, no, six-week ban is nothing. Yeah. They just want the ability to choose. Yeah, that's and it. It's being taken from them. It's, it's very, it's very sad to see. But it is an interesting. It's an interesting thing that's happening. The Republicans feel like they have to support this extreme uh, Supreme Court ruling. They have to fall in line with their party's values, and America just doesn't agree with them. It's hard. Yeah, it's, Trump is. 
it's making getting elected really real difficult for them, it seems. Mm -hmm. Trump has activated this extreme voter base, these these uh, rural and educated voters in in um, these battleground states, which he was able to win in 2016 by by juicing up. But now you have other Republicans who aren't able to activate that same base. They feel like catering to them, even though um, they're they're low propensity voters and. As well as that, Republicans have to cater to these donors that are religious fundamentalists, basically, and religious extremists, people who really believe that um, that abortion is murder and people who really believe that to their heart. And these are millionaire and billionaires who are funding these campaigns and in order to secure their tax dollars or their uh, donation dollars. They need to um, cater to them, and it's really hurting them electorally. And we're probably going to see that again in 2024. Um, hopefully, Democrats retake the House by running on a message of um, uh, what would it be codifying um, a row. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll see that. We've seen so much electoral backlash to Republicans that support abortion that we've actually seen some Republicans within their own party suggesting that they might have gone too far. And it's time yeah. to take the their foot off the the gas pedal with it all. I think it it might be too late. Like they would have had to made that decision, uh, like a, a year ago, maybe even more than that. Like they are kind of stuck in this, at least for this election cycle. Like how do they? How do you pivot? You just pivot to crime. I mean, that's it's very <laughs> proven that that's not work. That it doesn't work at all. We're gonna pivot to crime. <laughs> but like, what else? What else do they have to run on? You know, they could always fall back on their, their tried and true and tested uh, fuck immigrants. Yeah, I mean, they always do that, though. Like, they, it's, not, it's not something that they have focused on in a minute, but I guess maybe they could go back to that. No, I think they really put themselves into a corner here, as seen by uh, recent Democratic wins. Right. I mean, the one in Chicago, uh, even the the... The more conservative candidate, the people like, don't agree with the conservative viewpoint that more cops equals safer community. So they can they can bash these demo the more left leaning candidates all they want for being soft on crime. But the people that live in these crime ridden areas know police officers are not doing anything to help. Like you need to you know mental health uh, resources. You need addiction resources. Stuff like that. Stuff that actually helps. Not just throw cops at it and pretend like that's going to help everything. Yeah, being tough, on, being tough on crime or whatever that means nowadays used to work in the 70s and the 80s. But uh, people know that there's less crime now than there has ever been before in America. And that's due to a multitude of different reasons. But um, calling Democrats soft on crime has, didn't work in the midterms not working now it's really the only thing that republicans feel like they can fall back on i think i read a poll a little while ago that um people believe by 55 uh, percent of uh americans believe that or associate republicans with the word extreme hmm. and there's really like that's more than half of the country there's like no coming back from that essentially and there's not a lot of people that are calling them extreme in a good way so right. winning extreme. elections yeah, winning. <laughs> you know who's real extreme? Uh, Lindsey Graham. 
<laughs> when I think extreme, I think they my boy Graham. Yeah, they should lean into it and start doing like daredevil motorcycle jumps at their rallies. I believe in it. That could work. I but, just uh yeah. But the the mayor and uh the, the mayor elect in um Chicago really proved that uh not even not even just just talking about public safety in a realistic and and more left-leaning way is just more attractive to voters than being than throwing around uh yo you're soft on crime and in wisconsin they called judge uh uh, janet protosewitz uh no jail janet and uh and he lost by 11 points so yeah it's just not working they have to find something new and 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 i guess they've got a little bit of time but like they got to pick something i don't know i i think i feel like steven's probably right it's probably just gonna be immigrants again that seems like (laughs) you think i was throwing that as a bit bit of a joke but i I think it might be more (laughs) more serious it's definitely gonna be transgender people i Mm, think they're really lining that up they're lining that yeah they're been lining that up they've been spending millions of dollars uh, on ads uh, in the midterms, they did uh, like you know, I don't even know villainizing trans people. Obviously, yeah. there's hundreds of legislative uh, legislative mm-hmm. bills in state houses that have been banning le- uh, transgender people from sports and banning gender affirming care and yeah, all these really things. Sad. And it's just yeah, it's sad. It's every single one of these issues is rooted in hate yeah so deeply so incredibly deeply and it makes me so sad that people can't just look at this party and just see that for what it is every single one of these issues is rooted in hating a specific group just a different group it's- There's a through line from the Nixon administration through the the Reagan administration through the two Bush administrations of just hating black people, hating gay people, hating women, hating just anybody who's not a, a, a white man, essentially. Muslim people and for a while there. Yeah, Muslim people during the Bush the Jr. Mm. It's, yeah. And it's that's how they win their elections. That's how they used to win their elections. And I think people, thankfully, I, this is my own theory, but I think people are getting sick of the vitriol. And they're yeah. sort of coming around to a more egalitarian and multicultural viewpoint on America. Hopefully. But if if this last election cycle is, is any indication, Democrats could be looking to to have a big win in the next presidential election. Unless something changes, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. As long as the economy's good fundamentals are good he's an incumbent president i mean fingers crossed nothing happens to joe biden he's, 80, he's gonna be 82 years old a lot of old we'll see, people hopefully he doesn't pull a dying feinstein and mm-hmm. but we'll see there is a lot of hope especially if it it follows the um the trends that we've been seeing in the last couple months but yeah. but we can't end off on on that we we're gonna end off on some some really exciting, really positive news. Way funnier news, for sure. Our favorite Californian senator, mm. Diane Feinstein, 
is turning 90 this year, and she just <laughs> announced her birthday bash, and you are all invited. You, you, you. I'm invited? You're invited to Diane Feinstein's 90th. Oh, my gosh. And I heard she's... What's your reminder? <laughs> <laughs> I know she's had some issues recently with health, and that is very upsetting. You know, she's done right. incredible things. Thoughts she may prayers. not remember those things. Um, she may not. But she's done incredible things. She's served California in her, in her she state. Has, she's the first, first woman to do a lot of things in California. Mm-hmm. She's 90, so she's been doing it for a while. But she's had her seat for 30 years. 30 years she's had her seat. And yeah. despite that, sadly, due to health issues, she has been out for almost 90 days now, I think. Right. She's missed a while. And she's like, it's not even that day. 58. 58. She's, she's no, supposed to be voting. She's not for 90 days, but like. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's supposed to be like, like doing voting and she's just not there. So the rest of the, the Democratic Party is getting a little bit like, Diane, like, <laughs> where are you at? <laughs> well, she sits on, she sits on the Judiciary Committee, which is how they confirm like district and Senate court just or, or uh, Supreme court justices and uh, circuit court justices and appeals court yeah. justices. And the reason why there's so many conservatives is because the Trump administration was able to churn them out like crazy. And there's been 58 Senate days now where they haven't even been able to hold a vote on any of them because Republicans just have more people on the, the Senate judiciary committee. Now that she's out. They have veto power. It's a, and they can't story. replace her. Unless she re- resigns, because she called for them to uh, to replace her on the Senate Judiciary Committee, but you need either unanimous consent or sixty votes to replace somebody on the on a committee, yeah. and uh, Republicans are not going to let that happen, especially yeah, now that there's a literal vegetable sitting in the seat. <laughs> uh, oh God. <laughs> it's, it's- a little bit like why do we put the 90 year old one on one of the most important committees she's earned it she's earned it but i think at some point like we gotta tell diane it's time to retire go live in san francisco just go live there i don't know do whatever old people do in san francisco i've never been (laughs) we've seen a we've seen a lot of uh democratic politicians come out in in public statements and also on on twitter um you know poking at her for this to to resign if not you know do something about this judicial committee um but she's she says she's uh she's strong and and she'll be coming back soon and she is a girl boss and a strong woman no one is arguing that she's a girl boss awesome and has done amazing work but she also has been out for 90 days She's almost she's 90. She's past her prime. She's past her prime. It's time to hang up the towel. You know, go home. To, just read. To argue on her. Going through, like some sort of record? Like, what is she doing? What's the, what's the game plan? I don't know. She's the oldest in Congress. Yes. And it's like, I mean, it, it is close because all of them are old, but yeah. like, she's old. She's old. In her defense, if yeah. I was a Congress member, for fucking 30 years and i saw these whippersnappers telling me mm. i'm out of my prime <laughs> i would stay for longer yeah. i would stay for longer undoubtedly 
Like, Maybe she keeps me meeting off. to write a resignation statement, and then she just keeps forgetting by the end of the day. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I think also the same the same lady that I don't know if anybody's seen that video. I know these boys have where the all the kids are coming up to her and telling the telling her that they're scared to get shot in their school, and she's telling them <laughs> that they shouldn't be and that they're not actually and that they're just wrong. That's a great. I think day. the video was about the Green New Deal. Oh, was it, it about was the Green New Deal? Yeah, it was kids that were like, sign the Green New Deal. And then she was like, I know more about politics than you. And she's she like, I'm not going to sign kid. it. <laughs> I'm not going to sign yeah. it. Fuck you, kid. I love, I love that video. Fuck you, kid. You think she, you know uh, shit? This, yeah. This stuff about, um, with Diane Feinstein specifically and her staff about selling stocks and corruption and whatnot but we don't have to get into that this pod we don't have to need there's no need that'll be at her funeral (laughs) hopefully it never comes thomas is giving her eulogy it's already been organized clarence thomas no 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 no. thomas is already (laughs) thomas is giving her eulogy i'm i'm great at giving eulogies in case anybody needs me to that's weird it's a side business i hear it's a weird thing to say, but not as weird. Guy. I get the crowd going. Yeah, you ever see a there's wave and there's lows? You ever see a wave? <laughs> you stick me between the between the kids, and I really lighten the mood, and then we get back to being sad. Mm-hmm. Wow! If you pay extra, he'll cry. So you have time to do this in between running for so much, time. So much running time. for elections. Yeah, it's been slow. <laughs> Your balance ballots haven't been coming in. It's been slow. We're still counting, so. Oh, that's the hardest part. Get... Yeah, we're still trying to locate those ballots that they stole from us. But you know what? Can Maybe they do? were the... so destroying them. They're so well practiced at this point. It's, it's nothing it's, we can do. It's a tragedy, just like how this episode is over. Oh. It was a yeah. fun time. That hit. Yeah. That transition hit. Yeah. Diane, if you're watching, it's okay. You can you can stop. It's okay. There's no need. Stopping, what are you doing stopping doesn't make you any less of a no. person. Diane. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah. So with that, I hope to see you all next week when the clock strikes again mm-hmm. and it's half past goon. When you hear that bell that bell ring. <laughs> you know. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Past half past goon. It's always half past you. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, night, morning, whenever you're listening. And Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.